0: Before we get started with the last team in the Central Division, the Milwaukee Bucks, I have to quickly mention that this episode is coming out a little later than expected with me having a wedding and a cabin weekend and then Matt having his birthday on Sunday. Uh, so don't forget to wish Matt a happy belated birthday in the comment section below. Once we conclude this episode, we'll start the Southeast Division tomorrow, Tuesday the 9th. With the Atlanta Hawks and continue with the Charlotte Hornets, Miami Heat, Orlando Magic, and wrapping up with the Washington Wizards on Saturday. The normal schedule of Monday through Friday will pick back up for the next week when we deal with the first division in the Western Conference and the Northwest Division teams. Uh, Thank you all for your support and time. We really appreciate it here at Shots Aside. um, And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let's run it. Welcome into the Shots Aside podcast. I am joined today by Matt Rungi once again and we do have another guest in the studio. We have Adam as well. So three guys in here tonight to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks who are the last and final team in this Central Division. Um, Let's get right into it guys. So. You know, not much has really turned over from a year ago for this roster uh, in general. Um, So on their roster currently, with no additions and subtractions, they have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, George Hill, Wesley Matthews, Javon Carter. Uh, Probably going to butcher this name, but Sandrum Mamou Kalashvili. I think that was decent, but... (laughs) Feel free to correct me in the comment section below. Um, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, Giannis's brother, and Serge Ibaka. Um, some additions they made. Um, they brought in Joe Ingles, which you know, hopefully you can come back before you know maybe All Star break. We could see uh, they got two rookies in Marianne Beauchamp um, and AJ Green as well. Um, so just starting off with this Milwaukee Bucks, um, I want to kind of for this over to uh Matt. What do you what do you think of this team after they, you know, lost um last
1: year in the playoffs? Uh yeah, it was a tough loss for them. I think the biggest thing for this Milwaukee Bucks thing will be the same as last year kind of just health. Um I mean, that can be said for a lot of teams, but I think a lot of people would argue that Milwaukee would have beat the Celtics if Chris Middleton was healthy. I know Celtics fans are delusional and don't think that would happen, but um, Chris Middleton definitely would have made up the difference. They needed an extra shot creator and besides Giannis and Drew Holiday, he was getting it done a little bit in the playoffs there, but I think without Chris Middleton, like, they're pretty uh, one-dimensional with like just Drew and uh, Chris Middleton. Especially when people like Grace and were clanking from the outside at times.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, like, outside shooting really took a dip after Chris Middleton got injured.
1: Yeah, it also doesn't help uh, letting Grant Williams hit seven threes on you in a closeout game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's, like, their defensive philosophy, though, is to leave, like some of these yeah you know not so great shooters open so like they kind of had it coming to them
1: yeah i think i do like the addition of joe angles though with when he's healthy or like if he gets back to you know i don't think it'll like hurt him that much considering he wasn't the most athletic guy in general um no offense to joe angles probably more athletic than me obviously but um i think it's more his, his shooting stroke that matters and i think he'll help spread the floor and he's pretty consistent from
2: three no yeah i mean uh, the bucks they didn't really need to change up their roster i mean they they have a championship roster and they've they've proven that it is a championship roster um i mean yeah i mean you you touched on this but like if it wasn't for that injury in the playoffs to what chris middleton they would they would have blown past boston and they probably would have ended up in the finals um but i mean I think that's a matchup to look forward into next year is is the Bucks. I can see the Bucks in the championship 100%. Wow. Um I think it's either the Bucks or all the powerhouses in the West. Um I don't know, but I I do I still I do still think that the Bucks are a championship team and then you add Joe Ingles which he's a good veteran presence to have on a, a championship roster.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean I think the main thing for this team is like, you know, you have a championship, you know, team from two years ago that proved that they can do it. Obviously, the East is getting a lot better with some of the, you know, higher teams like Miami. Sixers got better, adding um, PJ Tucker and whatnot. Um, Chicago's getting a little bit better as well. So, like, this Eastern Conference isn't, you know, it's not pointing in the Milwaukee Bucks' favor as much anymore like it did a couple years ago, and they really haven't added too much to this team. So I think that's all it takes for this team is, you know, one little thing to go wrong, you know, an injury like Chris Middleton. Um, but, you know, hopefully with an off season where they have, you know, a full off season that we haven't seen in, you know, two, three years, can maybe help not only the Milwaukee Bucks, but all teams kind of get healthy and hopefully stay healthy going forward. So um, I think going forward in this division, I think, you know, I think we had Chicago Bulls, me and Matt talked about this a little bit um, in the previous podcast, but I think we had Chicago at number two, maybe Cleveland number two, if things go right, but uh, mostly Cleveland at number three and then Detroit at four with Indiana at the end and, You know, it wraps up with Milwaukee where, you know, I think Milwaukee is the best team in this division and probably the conference when healthy. So, um, but they're going to have to deal with Boston now, now that they've gotten a taste of the playoffs and also also the finals. So um, I think that's a major, major thing they have to contend with going forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, another like big pickup for them was obviously like in the draft, I think Beauchamp um, while he might not get a ton of minutes, I think he could definitely end up taking that um backup point guard spot away from uh George Hill, depending on how he does throughout the season. I think he's a little bit more polished than like a normal rookie just because he played in the G League last year. And I think he's a little bit on the older side. So I think he potentially could contribute a little bit right away. Like I don't expect a ton out of him, but I think just adding a little bit more depth in certain areas is what they did, and then obviously re-signing Bobby Portis was huge for them too because he's always played a significant role off the bench for them.
2: Oh, I know, hundred percent. I mean, I mean, when you get Bobby Portis on like one of like the best contracts, like one of the most team-friendly contracts that we've seen this this off season, and that 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 leaves. I mean, room for them to pick up someone during the season if they wanted to, but I mean, when you have Giannis on as a Kumpa, like at that point, I mean, he's he's by I think he's one or two. I mean, you you can put him in, you can put him in that conversation. Like obviously, like some years you'll have those like crazy statistical numbers from from like James Harden or, or whoever is popping off that year. But like Giannis is always at the top. Like it's especially in the playoffs, like in the East, the, the heat don't really have one person to stop Giannis. Like you need, like every team needs like two or three people to stop Giannis. So, I mean, I mean, their team's built well, they're coached well. So you'll always see them go deep in the playoffs. I mean, until an injury arises, obviously. But I think I think they're they're hoping that they can get like a Jordan Poole type of player from from the draft this year. Maybe uh, Marjan can be that. But I mean, we, we'll see, we'll see.
0: I find it so interesting though like cause, you know, Not to bring in a different sport, but I'm going to do it just for reference here. But, you know, Packers and Vikings had this huge rivalry, but, you know, not a lot of people say there's a rivalry between the Timberwolves and Milwaukee Bucks. But, you know, me and Adam went to a game last year when Timberwolves played Milwaukee and we know we ended up coming up with a win. But even after the game, there was so many Milwaukee Bucks fans there. And I ended up talking to one of them and he was like. I was I was giving him a little bit of shit. I was like, you know, we got this one, and uh, he's like, well, you don't have a ring, though. Yeah. <laughs> so <he's, laughs> I I I couldn't really come back on that, you know. It's, they got a, They got a ring with Giannis, um, but you know, just looking at this roster breakdown, I know Adam mentioned Bobby Portis. You know, signed him to a pretty good deal. You know, he's gonna be making eleven million about. About 11 million for the next two years, and then uh, 12 and a half for the year after. So they got them, you know, basically a three-year deal, team option, or I think a player option, maybe. So pretty good sized deal, but you know, just looking at the roster breakdown when it comes to salary cap, you know, they don't have a lot of options in bringing in other talent, just because you know Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. You know, combine all three of them, and they're making around you know over a hundred thousand or yeah, hundred million dollars. So like that takes up most of your cap space, and then you got you're mixing in Brick Lopez, who's getting paid, gonna be a free agent next year. Bobby Portis just signed, and then you got rounding up with uh, Grayson Allen making eight point five, Joe Ingles mid level exception, and then Pat Connaughton at close to six million. So. I mean, there's no, if if things do go bad where, you know, they do have some injury concerns going forward, you know, maybe they can make a trade with some of the draft capital they have, but, you know, I don't see a lot of teams wanting to trade with Milwaukee when it comes to draft picks because they know they're going to get like a later first round pick, even if it is unprotected, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it depends on, the protections, I guess, because, like, I think uh, Drew Holiday and uh, Chris Milton might start declining a little bit, like, because they could trade a, a pick like seven years from now. So, like, I think since they're already in their 30s, they could be declining by then. But at the same time, Giannis is probably going to carry this team for quite a while. Um, Overall, though, I think that, you know, that they have they pretty much have their championship contender. So, like, it's not like. They really had to do that much this off season. I think they polished up some areas that they needed, and then now they're going to be right back in the contender conversation.
2: No, yeah, I mean we'll see. I mean, I mean, say if if I mean when when Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and and Giannis Antetokounmpo are all on the same floor in the playoffs, they have they've never lost a playoff season or a playoff series. Never, I mean, so if if things go really south, if the, if things go really south, like during the playoffs this this coming year, that they, they might make a, a roster change, and I think Drew Holiday m- could be on the way out. Not Drew. I mean, who would you rather give up, Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton? I mean, it's, that's, I don't know. I don't know. I I think Chris Milton's way more valuable than than Drew.
0: Injury prone though, as of these last two years. But you know, I I don't think they'd want to trade any of those two though. I, you know, Matt, you did mention like they're on the decline. I don't, I didn't see a lot of decline in Drew Holiday's game in the playoffs. I thought he played pretty well. I'm pretty not, I'm not well, saying they're on the, on the decline. End. I'm
1: saying that they're past thirty, so like seven years from now, like they could be not that good. Right.
0: No, yeah, like their championship window is definitely closing. You know, they probably have two or three more years, possibly.
1: Yeah, with this core, but, you know,
0: I mentioned earlier. Right, I mentioned earlier, like the East is getting a lot better. So, like, they do have this small little window window where they have to be able to optimize their potential of getting more rings. But like going through last year, like. They're three starters. I mean, Giannis, Middleton, and Drew all played over 66 games. So, like, if it didn't happen towards the playoff time with Middleton, I think this team would have been fine. Bobby Portis stayed pretty healthy. You know, they had that Brooke Lopez injury early on in the season, which kind of hindered them at center position. You saw them go out and try to get players like DeMarcus Cousins and and other, like, rental Centers to kind of fill that void, which kind of put a lot more pressure on Giannis to have to take over that kind of center position, which you know he does fine at. But
2: does great at. Yeah, he does.
0: He does pretty great at. But uh, um, a player like Jordan Mora who played a lot last year, who's still a free agent, but uh, I think he's trying to command a little bit more money. Um, so you probably won't see him on Milwaukee's team next year. Um, and then you got players like George Hill and and Wesley Matthews who kind of fit in towards that you know Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton timeline where they're a little bit older veterans to kind of shape in this roster. But where do you guys see this team in the East? Do you guys see this Milwaukee team as the clear favorite, or do you think? You know, a team like Boston or Philly or Brooklyn or Miami might be favorites.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: No, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, you, you can go uh, yeah, first. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, 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 all right. I mean, like like I said, like, especially if, if that team stays healthy in the playoffs, it's hard to count them out of. Like the championship, like obviously, yeah, you have Boston who's on like a team on the that that's a championship contender as well. I mean, out of the east, I can only see Milwaukee, Boston, or or Miami. But if I if if I were a betting man, I think I'd go with Milwaukee with a healthy squad. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'd have to agree. I think the I think Milwaukee's the front runner, I think um uh, I mean they're the most recent team out of the Eastern Conference to win the title, so I think you kind of gotta give them props for that still 'cause especially considering they had an injury last year um I think that there's definitely some like teams that like might like you just haven't seen it yet, like the the Brooklyn Nets like you don't know what they're gonna look like with Simmons yet um. Harden, you it's don't know true. if Harden's still going to be overweight and sluggish or if he's going to be a little bit closer to Houston Harden. Um, so there's questions on all the teams, whereas I feel like there's not really that many questions about the Bucks. Like, if they're healthy, they're – I mean, they're going to be a force. Like, even without Middleton in that Celtics series, like, I mean, Giannis looked like a freaking freak of nature in that series. Like, he – he can do shit that's just insane. Like he can go coast to coast in four steps. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, I mean, when I look at this team, though, like uh, so, there's kind of a need at the at that center position. I'm not sure how healthy Brook Lopez can stay for an entire season. Uh, he showed it last year, the year before, dealt with a lot of injuries, so can you possibly trade Brooke Lopez in a package like with maybe a first round pick and maybe get like a player like miles Turner or like,
1: <laughs> we're just going to mention miles Turner every single podcast. <laughs> I know in
0: every single, I just in. not I'm going to keep mentioning miles Turner until he gets traded because <laughs> there's no way, no way that he stays on this team on this Indiana team next year. But yeah, I'm gonna mention him in every single podcast episode. He
1: does have a really tradable contract too, so
0: Right. And they could easily match it up with Brooke, Brooke Lopez too. Yeah. I mean both players are injury prone, which doesn't help a lot, but I mean I don't think Brook Lopez is the he's getting, you know, pretty old and and you see it every year with centers that you know, increase in age that, you know, they definitely take a dip when it comes to play. You know, Bobby Portis, good signing. You know, I like that. They're still lacking a lot of shooting, though, and maybe Joe Ingles can fill that void when he comes back healthy. I still think he's too slow to play solid defense, though, playoff time, Um, but we'll have to wait and see for that. But I think uh, the next thing besides you know getting a backup center or another starting caliber center would be shooting I think this team's lacking three-point shooting around Giannis kind of like LeBron had to deal with back in his Cleveland days where you know when he didn't have a lot of shooting around him which made it tougher for him to even you know drive to the lane or you know be able to kick out because he knew he couldn't trust his players that he was playing with so um maybe we see a little bit of th- that with Giannis or maybe I'm just over valuing it because of the Chris Middleton injury but your guys thoughts on that
1: yeah I mean I think uh when you're missing somebody like Middleton who can also shoot the ball I think makes a huge difference because I think Grayson Allen is more of like uh you know like and content are more like spot-up shooters than create their own shot so like they're kind of forced to create their own shot, and it just was an awful sight to see. Um, so I think Middleton cures a lot of those problems for the most part. But at the same time, since you did mention that Middleton's been injured like twice within like the last two years, so like it is kind of like worrisome for them to think that. I mean, it's very possible he gets hurt again. Um, so they have to find somebody that can be a shot creator besides just Giannis and um Drew Holiday.
2: Yeah, that I mean that's that's why I I think I see them picking up someone, you know, mid season. Maybe making like a like not a big trade, but just, you know, like a, a nice role player trade. But I mean they don't really have to do much. They really don't. I mean I, I think I, I think I do see them picking up one other player during during the season.
0: Yeah, I mean question is do they have salary cap and do they have the players that other teams would want to trade for and then we mentioned their draft picks which aren't very valuable but yeah I mean just going back off of Chris Middleton though like he's a when he's healthy he's a solid 50-40-90 guy like he can give you 20 points Uh, he's a decent facilitator as he's aged a little bit Um, defense isn't going to be necessarily the issue I mean we saw it a little bit with Boston but that was mainly just three point shooting but you know when you have basically three guys that can average 20 plus points and Drew Holiday, who averaged 18 last year Chris Middleton with 20 and Giannis almost basically 30 points um and then you fill it out with Bobby Porras and Brook Lopez who've Almost I think Bobby was at fourteen point six, Brooklyn was at twelve point four. So um and then Grayson Allen, I know a lot of people trash on Grayson Allen just because you know, I, there was memes out there where, you know, he was trying to injure players and there was like a montage of him injuring like three or four players from last year. Um and we saw everything that happened at Duke too with his tripping scandal and all that. So I think there's a lot of haters on Grayson Allen, which maybe deservedly so, but I think he's still a solid like guard that you can put in for maybe not more than 20 minutes a game like they had to in the playoffs when Middleton was out, but you can definitely use him as a backup shooting guard for 10, 15, 18 minutes a game where he can put up solid points for you. The issue is going to be on the defensive end in defending, and you really saw that in that Boston series where he really couldn't guard Jalen Brown, couldn't guard Marcus Smart, any of those taller guards. He was just, you know, a mismatch, and you saw them just taking him apart on the defensive end, which ultimately I think contributed to them losing the, you know, that series because Giannis was, you know, having basically a superstar kind of series, you know, averaging pretty much triple-double. And, you know, not to talk about LeBron again, but it does remind me of when LeBron was putting up triple-doubles and they were still losing. So um, it definitely has that factor in. But, again, it's mainly because Chris Middleton was out.
1: Yeah. I mean, Yoss kind of showed how easy it is to just stat pad and still lose the series like LeBron did back in his heydays. (laughs) <laughs> oh can we move on to the next part? Yeah, or so did it, was did you have anything else you want to say about the Bucks?
0: No, I I think we covered yeah. the Bucks pretty well. Um I think looking forward to this next season, I think Milwaukee is really focusing on uh managing minutes. I think C- coach Budenhoser Bootenhoser has a uh, you know, <laughs> Boot <Boudinosa. laughs> I It's another another tongue twister name that I can't really get down. But um, we'll just say Coach Coach B uh, has a big uh, big role this next next season. Him and his him and his coaching staff really just need to uh, be able to manage the minutes for not only Giannis but uh, you know Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Especially Brooke Lopez too, because they cannot have him go down once again. And if they can keep these guys healthy, I think regular season's going to be, you know, if even if they're a top five seed, I think there's nothing to worry about. But uh, regular season, I'm not really, you know, focused on that. It's going to be playoff time where, you know, first round isn't going to be such a breeze like it used to be in the Eastern Conf- Conference. You know, say five years ago. You know, they're going to have a tough team to go through in the first round. And, you know, going into second round and conference finals, it's going to be, you know, a tough task, kind of like they had to deal with uh, last year. So keeping this team healthy is uh, viewpoint one that they need to accomplish. Um, And then, you know, I think the rest will follow depending on how Giannis carries this team going into playoff time. Moving on into our second topic of the day, Um, an important kind of thing for the WNBA, and not only WNBA, but NBA family in general, but uh, Brittany Griner was sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison for, quote-unquote, drug possession and smuggling, uh, which I don't know if I agree with the smuggling part. But she was also fined one million uh, rupees, which converted to dollars is approximately $16,700. But, you know, before leaving the courtroom, BG told reporters, you know, she loves her family. She also said before when she was asked for her uh, comment or whatever during the trial, she said, I never meant to hurt anybody. I never meant to put in uh, jeopardy the Russian population. I never meant to break any laws here. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. So, this is a very tough topic to discuss, not only for us, but also the WNBA world, the NBA world, her family, her friends. Um, We just hope that she can get back as soon as possible. I just want to kind of here your guys' viewpoints on Brittany Griner's ruling and, you know, maybe what can happen next going forward.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm not too well-versed in uh, Russian law, but um, I, I think just from an American standpoint, you know, it sucks kind of to see any uh, American, no matter of what their political choices are, be, like, wrongfully detained and subject to, like unjust treatment. I know there's a, another American there, um, too, that's named Paul Whalen, who's waiting his return too. So I think, you know, I hope that the U S can negotiate some sort of deal where they can get both those guys home, um, or Brittany and him. Um, so I know he was part of it too. Um, but I think, yeah, uh, there's not like a whole ton we can do about it though. So, um, it's kind of just up in the air, so, you know, I wish her the best, and uh, hopefully they can both get home as soon as possible.
2: Yep. Just buying has got to bring her home. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Definitely, definitely just uh, a rough situation, and hopefully the best outcome will arise.
0: Yeah, so for us here at Chats Aside, we just want to, you know – I know there's nothing we can really do. We can just only spread the word and hopefully that can impact it, you know, even in the smallest outtake just to hopefully get her back to the States and not only playing in the WNBA, but I mean, playing a sport is not the main point here. It's getting her back to her family and her friends, people that love her, the organization that loves her. Um, I think that's the main thing. You know, we just, we just want to send our best wishes to her and hopefully in the future, you know, I know they're going to have an appeal session, which is going to happen within the next 10 days. Um, after that, um, I think that's when possibly we could see a deal be made to bring not only her home, but also Mr. Whalen as well. So, um, I'm going to leave this up to our government and hopefully they can, they can figure it out. Um, Anything else that you guys wanted to discuss before we end the pod?
1: Uh, nope. That's why I won't be going to Russia anytime soon. But <laughs> other yeah. than that, that's about it. Let's go, sons.
0: <laughs> no. <it's... laughs> All right, guys. From us here at Shot the Side, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we also have a TikTok that we just started up. So. Make sure you check out our TikTok page at Shot the Side as well. Uh, we have some interesting um, uh, videos on there as well. Um, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Send us some comments in the section below. And also, um, if you have any talking points or anything that you guys want us to discuss in future episodes, make sure to send us a um um, something in the mailbag at our gmail account at shotsaside at gmail.com um, we will have um, so this is the final episode into our central division we will have um, another five team um, part coming up uh, this next week so stay tuned for that but until next time guys peace 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 that's yeah, good, that's good. That was good, that was good fun.
1: Yeah. yeah, that pretty good.